Welcome to the G42 Alumni Podcast. This is Lisa Black, and you guys will not believe our local celebrity that I was able to get to give me some time today. I did call in a favor because we are friends and said, Maria, I need to talk to you about this. So Maria, ladies and gentlemen, is on the other line here today. And Maria, I would love for you to just kind of give an update, but also tell a little bit of who you are and what you're doing and what your connection is to AIM and G42 and your ministry in India. Wow, what an introduction. (laughs) I'm so honored. (laughs) The honor is all mine, love. Oh, you're amazing. Yeah. So I attended G42 back in, gosh, was it 2016 almost? You and Gary actually weren't on staff at that point yet. Nope, we weren't. You guys were hanging out. We were just hanging around. <laughs> yeah. And yet you still managed to change all of our lives. So there oh, you go. <laughs> so um, I am also a World Race alumni. I did World Race Gap Year in 2013. And then through that, I kind of, that's how I heard about G42, I think. To this day, I'm actually not positive how I heard about G42, but that's a whole other story. Um, Yeah. And then through G42, you know, back when Dustin Settle was on staff, he would ask you, what do you want to do with your life? Like, what are your passions? What are your dreams? And I said, basically, like, I want to see the entire, like, unreached in the world, like, reach with the gospel. And so I said, I want to, that's what I want to do. I want to move to Nepal, translate the Bible, and that's not what happened. Um, instead, I got connected to the AIM base in, in India and ended up working with them for the last three years, working in rural church planting. So that's a little about how I got there. Yes, and this is our, you know, the, I don't think I mentioned that we're going to talk about finding a mentor and the importance of mentorship here. And you and I have a relationship. We are friends. I happen to be a lot older than you. You're kind of like a daughter friend situation to me because um, you're still a young woman. But remember what a great leader I was when you told me that you wanted to go to India. And I said, you said the Lord told you to go to India. And I was like, no, he didn't. I don't want you to go to India. India is really hard. Why would you want to go there? That's the great leadership that I carry um, by just encouraging young women not to follow their dreams if I don't think it lines up. But you (laughs) did it and you rocked it. And we send, you are one of our practicums. We send our G42 um, students to and they come back. And the first thing they always say is, oh my God, Marie is amazing. They don't, before they say anything about India or the ministry that you're doing. So tell me about your ministry that you're doing there. You you've been living in, in, in India pretty much full time for how many years now? I've been there over three and a half years now. A couple years. Okay. Yeah. So what we did is we basically showed up to partner with a local organization and said, we love what you're doing. How can we help? And they were like, take this district and help us like saturated with the gospel. And so we did, we basically just raised up local leaders to go and plant churches in rural villages. And I really was hidden in this like rural church world for the last three years, Mm -hmm. which was absolutely incredible. I mean, it's everything you think of when you think of the 1040 window, you think of unreached people groups, you think about going to the most unreached with, which was the passion and the calling on my life since I was like 16. Wow. And So we did that and there became a point um, about a year ago where I began to realize that even though I was doing what I thought I was called to do, spiritually, I was more of a swamp than a river. Mm. I had stopped depending on my relationship with Jesus and the Holy Spirit to drive my life and I had just started producing what I needed to do, doing what I need to do. So it's actually something I learned a lot of which is incredible is you could do your passion and your calling and still lose sight of like your relationship with Jesus is like the first thing, you know, how, what do you think ha- ha- happened there? Do you think you just had a lot of voices around you or do you think it was your own expectations or what was that all about? I think that I just got comfortable. Okay. I got comfortable. I knew how, what to do. I knew how to do it. And in the midst of that, I was still learning like God was good. But I also think there was a restlessness that I wasn't paying attention to. Mm. There was a stirring in my spirit that God was trying to speak to me that I didn't realize was God trying to speak to me that I needed to lean into. Mm. And so I think 
that's the perspective that it took at the time. Um, because my team is amazing and they're amazing, but I just think God had something more for me, you know? And the moment that I started pressing into that and trying to listen and trying to perceive what the spirit was doing was when God really started to open my heart to what he was doing in my city and what he was doing where I was living. And you've also started your own podcast. Can you tell us about that? Wow. Yes. So we did. So part of what God really opened my heart to see was I had had this single narrative in my mind that following Jesus looked one certain way in Asia. You know, it looked like this. It looked like villages. It looked like these small churches that we can't really relate to because we have a totally different culture. But when I moved into this new house, which is a whole other story, God started bringing these people into my life who were just incredible, like urban English speaking followers of Jesus who like had a revelation of the goodness of God and had Mm -hmm. a revelation of who Jesus was that I needed to learn from that I needed to hear. And God really began to show me like Maria, not only is there a gospel presence here, but the people that know me, they know my heart. And they have a revelation of my goodness. And so this podcast was really birthed out of that awareness of like, God, who are the people that are paving the way for Asia as a nation? And how can we tell their story? Because as they rise up and as their voices grow, we're going to look to them to be like, oh man, like I want to know what you have to say. And so we just want to capture it before like everyone else hears it. You know what I mean? Like you hear, you heard it here first kind of thing. Um, So that's how that podcast was birthed. Yeah. And you're doing that right now from, because of COVID, you were basically told get on a, like you had 30 seconds, I think to pack (laughs) your bags in India. And they, they said, you know, basically all foreigners need to evacuate. Kind of. I mean, well, one of the things that you mentioned to me when you were, I was in Spain and you were in India and we were talking is you said, I don't think I could get food if I didn't have Indians living with me because you were not even supposed to be on the street once they did their lockdown. Is that true? Yeah. It just became a little bit complicated with yeah. like being a foreigner. Okay. And so shout out to my Indian friends as they listened to this. They were amazing. They did all the grocery shopping, most of the cooking, and we just were in lockdown spontaneously for like a month together. So, but yeah, that was when the Lord kind of told me it was time to come back to the States for a second. Okay. And I had I had a little bit more than 30 seconds. I had an hour to get to the flight. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. All that time. What'd you do with it? All that time. All that time. An hour and ran, man. Yeah. It was crazy, huh? It was. It was. I know. I was a little concerned. I was up praying most of that night just that everything would run smoothly and you'd get home okay. And so now you are in California. And tell us about what's happening there. Yeah. So I'm here in California with some really incredible um, churches that are, have a passion to like see churches planted like all over the world. And so I'm spending time here really just listening to the Lord and waiting on the Lord and waiting for India to open up her borders while also like preparing and planning for the next like 30 years of my life. So it's fun. I just, I love your, you are, um, I would say, much harder on yourself than anybody else is on you. I think people really celebrate you and are um, really look to you. We will always have you in for alumni teaching at G42 because you are inspiring and brave, but sometimes you don't always feel that way. I'm sure like most of us. So I just want to talk about like what, um, what just discipleship and mentorship looks like. A huge question that we get all the time is like, how do I find a mentor? How do I find someone to disciple me? How do I find someone else to disciple? And it's crucial. Like it's the key of life. And I feel like it, there is a a huge gap right now between the generations and between the sexes. And it's our job as the church to kind of lead this. And so I just want to start with a a verse that I kind of live my life on. Um, I've been mentoring people younger than me when I was as young as probably 17 or 18. It was just something I naturally did. I was always kind of bringing younger women into my world and just kind of hovering over them and, um, 
you know, praying for them and, and asking them questions about their life. And it just was very natural to me. It wasn't something that I would have even said, I'm a mentor, I'm a disciple, or I'm a, a whatever, but it's just something I've always done. But it actually is a command, which I, I really want my Gen Xers out there to understand is in my boomers is we were actually commanded to do this in scripture and we are accountable for how we live our lives and how we give our lives away. So I just want to start with Titus 2, 3 through 5. And it says, Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not the slanders or addicted to too much wine, but teach what is good. They Then they can urge the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind, to be subject to their husband that no one will malign the word of God. And that sounds like super stringent and religious, but if you actually break it down, what it's really saying is we have got to pass on the values of the kingdom of God from one generation to the next. And it's going to take older men and women to do this. And when we have such a gap in our fathering and mothering in our current society, we have people just a lot of high divorce rate. We have a lot of single parent homes. We have, you know, a curse of fatherlessness that has fallen on our nation. It's the time more than ever for those of us that um, are just awake and aware. It's time to wake up and realize that we've got to give our lives away to the next generation. And I don't know if you've ever read the book, Maria, but I, I have all my girls read it and um, called The Red Tent. I haven't. And it's, it's not a Christian book. It's taken from scripture, but it is a novel, but you, you would really enjoy it. And it's just talking, it's the story of um, Dina and um, she's the only daughter of um, Joseph. And it talks about her living in this, this campsite, of course, which is their home. And the red tent is where all the women would gather. And the red tent is, you know, I think traditionally where women would go when they had their menstrual cycle. But in this novel, it's where the women eat together, where they have babies together, where they support each other. And the older women are teaching the younger women all the time through their lives, how to be a woman and what it really looks like. And it goes obviously so much farther than being a wife and a mother and childbirth. And it's just very inspiring. And I think God designed us to live that way. I think he designed us for older people to pour into younger people as mothers, as fathers, as disciples, as mentors in business in every area of life. Um, and we're missing it. And I, I dedicate my life to this. Gary dedicates his life to this. I know what my responsibility is and I take it very seriously. I'm curious you as, are you 25 now? Yeah. Oh my, you're my youngest daughter. You are 25 years old. And I always want to say you're like 35 because you're so wise and you're so mature and you handle yourself so beautifully, but you are a young woman. Do you, do you see any responsibility from your generation when we're talking about discipleship relationships and mentorship? So much, Lisa. That was so good. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> You're amazing. You're amazing. So yeah, I actually have been thinking a lot about the relationship between like Paul and Timothy, for example, really focusing on someone who in this season of my life, I am more of a Timothy. You know, I mm -hmm. need someone. And, and in this season, it's been you, thank God, you know, who is one, like you chose me in a way, Lisa. I, I don't know if you would agree with that. I did choose you. And I chose you <laughs> back. You know what I mean? <laughs> and what I see in like Paul and Timothy's relationship in the way Paul speaks about Timothy, one thing that has stuck out to me is Paul consistently says that Timothy showed himself as one approved. Like Timothy wasn't sitting around like mm -hmm. just playing video games, waiting for someone to come knock on his door and call him. Timothy was already doing the thing and God brought him someone to lead yeah. him forward, you know? And I think that's why spiritual formation has become something so important to me because I think in our generation, we really need to like rise up and become the kind of person who people like you see and say, Hey, that person's already doing it without anyone right. forcing them to. And I see that. And so I'm going to come beside them. You know what I mean? Yes. And so that I think is one thing that I've really gleaned from that is like, how do we become the kind of people that are worth mentoring? Not in a sense of like, 
you have to be perfect or anything like that, but just like, do you have a word from the Lord? And are you pursuing that word? And we can't do that if we're living in like rejection or an orphan mentality or lack, you know what I mean? Because times have come where it's like, you know, people get busy, people have other things going on. And the question is, will you keep going? Will you keep pressing in? And you know, for as someone who hasn't always had a mentor, it makes the times when you do so much sweeter and it makes you want to glean like even more from those relationships. That's exactly, exactly what I would have asked you to say if, I, <laughs> if we pre-scripted this. I just, I think that, I mean, the Lord did highlight you to me because, um, you know, we had a moment in Spain in that little garden where Holy Spirit just kind of fell and he, I mean, he showed me who you were and I told you, this is who you are. And we both cried pretty hard and something happened in our hearts really connected at that time. And then, um, you know, you moved to India and I was, you know, running a million miles an hour and the Lord literally stopped me and said, I want you to quit going so wide. And I want you to really focus on the people that I've put in your life. And your name was the first one that came was Maria. And he's like, you need to call her now and pursue her now. And because I never had time to talk to you because I was trying to disciple the world. And I said yes to everyone. And so I've had to learn that um, in order to be really effective and really give my life away so that it's actually really making a difference in other people's lives, I have to be awake, healthy, alert, and focused to do that. And I can't do that if I'm talking to 20 people a day. And I have found that um, I ask the Lord now more than ever, instead of just someone's need, I ask the Lord, like, is this, are you highlighting this person to need to pour? Because if he says it, there's no, there's nothing else that needs to be talked about, but that's what you're like. You were, you were going, you were doing the stuff. You don't need me to tell you what to do, but to cover you, to pray for you, just like I do for my kids and to have like weekly calls with you or just I'm like, what's going on? And we talk about everything. We talk about our personal lives. We talk about, so we have what I would call a, a friendship um, because it's mutual. It goes back and forth. But some people out there right now listening to this are like, I need a mentor. I need someone to disciple me. I need help in this area. And one of the things I think we get stuck in with ministry is this kind of poverty mentality that says everything should be free and that we should get everything for free and no one should make any money and everybody should be just swimming, trying to figure out how to make it every day. And that's one of the things the Lord's really highlighted to Gary and I is that um, a lot of people weren't valuing how much we were giving out. And so we have started to charge actually for our coaching sessions, which is different than my relationship with you. So I would say that there's friendship and there's discipleship, which is anyone that's at G42, I'm going to disciple because that's my job. But people that have graduated or gone beyond that and they're asking for my time consistently, I'm going to offer them a coaching package and that's going to be more, more focused. So do you see a difference at all in between mentoring discipleship and like life coaching? And if so, what would you say are the difference? And do you need all three? Do you need one? What do you need in your life? Yeah, that's a great question. I'm so glad you guys are charging. You deserve <laughs> you deserve it. You do. Well, either that or I was going to have to get a night job at Target because if you're on the phone all day, every day, you don't have time to do anything else. So we had to start getting smart about it. Yeah. And I just like want to honor too, Lisa, like the investment that you and Gary have made into not only G42, because ultimately what is G42? It's just a lot of young people trying to serve the Lord and right. become themselves. And you guys have continually fought and continually stuck with us and continually journeyed with us where you could. And I think that that's one thing that like I had to lay down really early was entitlement. I think mm. there's an idea of like, okay, I'm seeking the Lord and here's these awesome people. And I deserve them to pour into me and I want them to pour into me. And I've seen mm. that with you guys. I've seen people like, take advantage of your time, you know? And I think that another yeah. thing that I would say is like, what does it look like for us to honor those ahead of us, to honor the people that have paved the way? And I think hiring 
people is like a great way to start. You know what I mean? Um, when it comes to mentorship, discipleship and life coaching, I think there is a difference. And I Mm -hmm. think for me, what it's looked like has really been committing it to the Lord. Cause I think there's a difference between just vocalizing that you need something and actually like committing it to the spirit and being like, what do I need in this season? And where am I going to go to search that out? You know what I mean? So right now the Lord had, for example, has brought me you. If I didn't have you, yeah, like maybe I would need to go hire a mentor or I would go seek out someone who's journeyed ahead of me. Who else do I know that's gone out and lived overseas for years and survived, you know? Um, And I know different people that have hired like therapists in those seasons, you know? And so I just think there's like an awareness in our journey of like, what do I need and how am I going to get it? Yeah. And you might sweetheart down the road with the, as big as your dreams are. Um, you know, a lot of times when we talk, there's, there's so many aspects to your dreams and there's a huge aspect of not just ministry, but business and ministry. And that would probably be a place down the road where I've, you know, I've given you a couple of names and we're like, you know what, this person might help you or whatever. And you could probably tap into them for free, but there might be a place down the road where you might need to really look at someone you know, to help you with a business plan and do those different things. And, um, what I found is people that pay for someone's time actually really respect that person's time. They also much work much harder because they're, they're like, wait, I'm paying for this. I want to get everything I can out of it. You know, I know when I work out at home, it gets a little sloppy. When I pay for a gym membership, I don't mess around. Right. And my dad made a deal with me when I was um, 18. I was the first person in in my um, family to go to university and he was shocked. He didn't, he, he's planned for everything. He didn't plan for that. And he said, okay, I'll make you a deal. I'll pay for half. You pay for half. Well, I was the only person that I knew of that was paying for half of my education. Um, and I never missed class. I never lost a book. I, cause you know, I was working at a restaurant to pay for it. So it, that, that, you know, $80 textbook was gold to me because I had to work a whole day to pay for that. And I think that's just how our minds work. Like we, we value things. The only person that canceled on me, um, this week was a person that I was doing some volunteer, um, coaching for. And she didn't make it a priority. And then she wanted me to rush in and, and the next day and, and fix things for her. And when I was young, I used to, you know, I would take phone calls at two 30 in the morning. And now I've learned like people figure out a lot of their stuff. If you give them 24 hours and then we can really get down and, and do some work, but just learning all those things long-term is I really think that God is an extravagant God. I think the kingdom of God is an extravagant and an abundant kingdom. I don't think it is a poverty kingdom. And I do think that's one of the things we really have to look like is, are we living impoverished when we don't have to, you know, is, is there, is there more that we could be tapping into than, than what we're doing? So you and I've had lots of talks about that and I'm sure we will continue to do that. But also, if you tap into someone that is older than you, um, you may be shaving off years of angst, unnecessary pain, and just a lack of wisdom. You know, and scripture says people perish for their lack of wisdom. And that's really what someone older can bring into your life. So how has that affect like what's that like for you just to have someone older just to even just bounce ideas off does it bring you perspective what was it like for you life-changing lisa life-changing oh, wow That's huge <laughs> i have like thought a lot about when i for example i'm using you and gary as an example because you really have been a great influence in my life but just like even another mentorship like relationship that I've been thinking a lot about is like Elijah and Elisha, you know, mm-hmm. Elisha saw something in Elijah and the promise to him was like, you'll get the anointing if you see me go. And what did Elisha do? Like he followed him everywhere he went like step by step. And he was like, not going to go anywhere without getting that anointing. You know what I mean? And I yes. think for me, what it's been like now is I've seen the way I've observed your life. I've gotten the opportunity to see the way that you relate to people, the way that you sit with people, the way that people are set free by the spirit in you. And that's awakened me to say, 
I want to live my life that way. You know, I want to be someone who walks into a room and hears the spirit and hears what the spirit is saying for someone else. And so what mentorship, discipleship, friendship with you has done for me on that level is it said, there's something there and I want it. And I'm going to figure out a way to be Lisa Black's friend (laughs) and Mm -hmm. like figure that out. So I can give that away. You know, there's like a level of like desire that we have to have in our own hearts to be like Andrew taught us, right? At G42, if you can be stopped, you will be stopped. And what does it look like to have that passion to be like, I won't stop, you know? And I think Lisa, what's interesting is if I can keep using our friendship as an example, even last year, as I've gone through a lot of changes in my ministry and in my life and in what I'm doing, the beauty of just having someone like you just said, who has is a little bit further ahead, who has, has more life experience to say to you, like, you're not crazy. You're okay. You're, you're doing good, babe. You know, and just like release that over you. Like what a powerful thing. It's like, in a way it's more than mentorship. It's like in a world where we lack mothers and fathers, mm. you have become like a mother to me. And which is such a testament of that Malachi four mandate that you guys live your life by turning the hearts of the father and the children back to one another. And that's what our world needs. Like we need fathers, we need mothers, we need, you know, people to come and just sit with us that are along the way and like nurture the dreams in our heart. You know, like there's been a couple of times where I'm like, I'm going to quit. <laughs> like I'm going to quit. Like, I'm One time you and I had that the same week and I was like, uh Oh, what are we going to do now? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And even that, like you, like just being real with me, like if I could say anything to like your generation is like, we don't need you to be perfect. We don't need you to have it all together. Sometimes we actually just want to hear that. Like you understand. And like, if worse came to worst, we could work at target together. And that would be a lot of fun. You know what I mean? (laughs) We would spend our whole paycheck on things we didn't need, but wanted. You're right. You're right. That's the thing though, is that, um, that's the beauty of it. It is not, a chore it is not um it is a joy to you know talk to you every friday i look forward to it i usually schedule you for my last call of the day because it's like my dessert is how i look at it and uh, it's when i can kind of just like let my guard down and just talk to a girlfriend and um i think that's really important for people to understand is there's reverse mentoring because you and i are, are very different really we were raised different we have different dreams but the core of us is that we are women and we are feminine and our minds kind of work the same way. And we, we struggle with the same things that most women do, but I am always inspired by you because your life, the way you live your life and the way that you, you just go after your dreams. Whenever I get off the phone with you, I'm like, I, I'm going to do better. I am going to show up more. I am going to be more present. I am going to be more aware. I'm going to dream bigger. I always feel that way after I get to call with you. And that's what people are missing out on. You are missing out of being inspired by the most amazing generation I think the earth has ever seen. Because your generation is so brave, so kind, so generous. They want everyone to do well. They want everyone to succeed and they're not focused. I know that you guys are accused of this a lot, but people that actually sit and talk to your generation and listen will understand you are really not focused on yourself. Even though we created you and discipled you to be focused on yourself with everything we did, the way that we parented you, you guys really care about what's happening in culture. You care about what's happening in your city. You care about what's happening all the way over in India, enough to move there and start a missional community and open your home basically to strangers. Um, That inspires me on a Friday when I'm like, okay, I really just want to have a glass of wine and not talk to anybody for the next four hours. I'm like, but Maria's doing a missional community so I can do more. And I'm going to invite some people to come over and have a glass of wine with me. And it's like, it's, it works both ways. Like we both are getting something out of this relationship, which I think is what people need to know that this is, if you're just pouring out all the time, or you're just receiving all the time, you're missing out. Mm, Very true. Very true. Okay. So just share a little bit about how you now you've been poured into by the race. You've been poured into G42. 
Um, how do you, what, what are you doing that kind of you open your home and give your life away and does it match who you are? Like, is it what you're passionate about? Yeah. Such a good question. Yeah. So, I mean, going back to where this conversation kind of started about the Lord really awakening me, it was like my own personal revival. I will say like my own personal renewal of my heart to say, I'm not living out of the depth of what I've been given. And I just realized I was like, I'm living in a city with these incredible people and I'm not doing anything with my time, with my resources. And it, propelled me on this journey of being like, okay, God, like, I don't know how to do this or A or B or C or D, but I do know how to set a table and I do know how to open my doors. And so we just started inviting people over for dinner. And Mm. at that time we had a couple of G42 alumni who came. So we called it a missional community. Really, it's just people gathering around the kitchen table, which is crazy stories. Like even that table I was given for free. Um, Oh, you mean the actual physical actual table? physical table, yeah. <laughs> awesome. It is just like amazing. <laughs> and it became this space where we actually only were able to gather about four times before COVID struck. But it was amazing. Like some weeks it was all foreign workers. Other weeks it was Indians from other parts of like the city. And what did we do? We just gathered, we ate, and then we prayed and we sought the spirit. And what was amazing was seeing the faithfulness of God to show up. Um, in those spaces. And it does feel, Lisa, like for the first time in my life, what I thought was my calling was actually just more preparation for my destiny. And what compels me is what G42 really does. Looking back, it's this idea of all of us living fully alive lives. Mm -hmm. It's not a one-man show. It's not a check the box and go to heaven. It's like this present reality of the kingdom and this curiosity of being like, what does it look like? What could this nation look like if I just can sit across the table and every person I meet leaves with more dignity and more confidence in their voice, in their dreams and in their life. Mm -hmm. And I'm not just talking about non-Christians because like I was saying, Asia has a lot of Christians. What's different now is looking them in the eyes and saying, your voice matters, your story mm-hmm. matters. And I have something to glean from you and you have something to glean from me. It's it's now a friendship, yes. it's not just some foreigner coming into a different nation. It's not actually like we're equals and like, gosh, if you listen to our podcast, uh, My Eastern Life, my first interview is with Rachel and Caroline Francis, who are like sisters to me. And every time they open their mouth, I learn something new. And I leave more, I leave loving Jesus more every time I'm around them. And I leave gleaning from them. And so it's this posture of like, wow, like I get to live fully alive because you're living fully alive and we need each other. You know what I mean? Just like I need Lisa and I need, you know, Rachel and Caroline. And in a way we all are representation of different characteristics and aspects of who God is, you know? So, yeah. I love that you just started doing that. And I'm glad that you said, you know, it's, it's all these different things, but we call it a missional community. I think that's the key though, is Gary and I have what we will give it the title of missional community um, here in Colorado Springs, but it's something we've just always done. And it's not hard to, you know, you connect with one person and you invite them over for a meal or just a cup of coffee or whatever. And then they start seeing, you know, your life. And then they say, well, can I bring my friend? And pretty soon, you know, it just kind of adds from there. Um, I think we're making it too complicated, you know, just trying to, you know, make it look like a mini church service with a worship leader or this or that. It's like, I'm not a worship leader. If I started singing, everyone would run. If Gary tried to play an instrument, people would like duck out as soon as possible. But what we are is a mother and a father who know how to cook and um, know how to open their home. And we've had such powerful moments just by saying to, you know, the, the, the people that we're connected, which are all your age group, you know, we're going to gather uh, for a meal at seven on Thursday and by who you want. 
And then we just have conversation. We don't, Gary doesn't give a sermon. I don't do anything. We're just authentically who we are. And the end night always ends with people being set free and tears flowing and prophecy and all kinds, you know, and everyone stepping into their, their natural gifts. So that's what I love about you is you didn't try to copy what someone said. This is what this looks like. You're like, this is, I love to cook and I love to have people over my house and I love to host. And so it wasn't this huge, like extra thing you were doing. It was really an extension of who you are. Is that fair to say? Yeah, for sure. And the beauty about that model that we've created or has been created. I mean, Jesus described the kingdom as reclining at a table with the apostles, you know, and it's like, everyone has a table. If you have a table, you can do this. You know, if you have a table, you can invite people over. And I'm actually at another G42 alumni's house, Kendra right now. And she was just telling me the same thing. She's like, I just realized I had a table and I'm going to start inviting people over. And like, I know it's an overflow of who I am. And what a testament to that of just being like, we're rivers of life called to be that source for other people, you know? And so I love it. I think it's just one incredible way to just see the kingdom established, you know, here and right where we are. So if people are probably listening right now, and I know there's people that are going to say, Hey, I I'm looking for a mentor. I want this or I want that. So let's just kind of break down you know, what that looks like. I think if you are looking for business mentorship, um, you know, this is, this is what I say. If you want a great marriage, get around people who have a great marriage. If you want to have a great business, look at someone who's actually successful. And, you know, uh, it's something like, um, most millionaires before they have become millionaires have had seven different kinds of mentors in their life. Wow. And there's business mentors. There's, I happen to have a a mentor in my life that we just call each other best friends. Well, I call her my best friend. I don't know if she calls me her best friend, but (laughs) I, I just think she's the most amazing woman. She, without realizing it or even aiming to do it, she just saw something in me. I was working for her in sales. She mentored me in business. She mentored me in public speaking. She mentored me in being a mother of boys. She mentored me in mar- like every part of my life. And she was just being herself. And one of the things that she did that was so amazing, which is what I try to pass on when I'm talking to anyone, really, especially someone younger, is she never judged me or preached at me or, or you know, disciplined me or made me feel worse than I already did because most of us are harder on ourselves than anyone. She always just asked me questions. And when she asked me questions, it made me think. And so it's actually a really simple thing to do. But if you, if you're with someone right now, what would you say to them? If someone said to you, I really need someone to disciple me, where do I even start? Do you have any advice on that? I think you nailed it, Lisa. (laughs) Find people that you're like, they're amazing and get around them and do whatever you have to do to do that. Yeah. No, like no one's going to do it for you. And ask. Ask. Yep. And then, and if you are asking, if you are in a situation where you're like, I don't have $5 right now. Um, I always want people to come ask me because the Lord's going to tell me, I want you to do this or do that. I never make decisions based on money. I make decisions based on Holy spirit. That's good. So ask, and then also think, you know, if you are on the receiving end, are you giving back? And one of the things I love about our, our friendship is I always want to know what's happening in your life. And I always want to, and you always interrupt me five seconds into our conversation and say, how are you? And I always try to change it, turn the conversation back to you and you say, no, how are you? And then I start telling you. And (laughs) sometimes it's not good. You know, sometimes (laughs) I'm like, I don't know, Maria, like that week where I was like, let's quit everything and just go work at Target and not even talk to people. Let's, you know, and we talked our, each other and ourselves out of it by the end of the phone call. So it was brilliant, (laughs) but I love that you see me as a person and you see me as a mother and a wife and you're, you're just so kind to like to ask about my grandchildren and to, you know, and so it just makes me, it just makes me feel like we have a relationship instead of like a business deal or something. So I think that when you have a life coach, it's a little different. Um, it's not necessarily a relationship. It's more of like, 
I need this from you and I need you to, to give me the most information you can in an hour. Because if I was paying someone, I don't want to hear about their grandkids. Right. I've gone to counselors before where they talked and I I thought, why am I paying you for you to talk to me? I really need to, I need someone to help me figure this out. I don't care about your grandkids or your marriage or anything. If you want to pay me, we could do that. But, and I think that's what you have to look at. And if you're looking at like, I need a business mentor, which I think you are going to need down the road. I'm going to try and help you find someone really amazing at that is, um, that is, that's more transactional and that's okay. Right? Like you, I'm paying you this amount of money an hour for you to put together a business plan for me. So it's not a wishy-washy thing where it's like, well, I didn't really get to it because I was busy this week. That person's going to be like, no, you paid me to do this job. I'm going to do this job. So do you think it's fair to say there's probably three categories that this all falls into? Yeah, I think you nailed it, Lisa. Oh, good. Well, look at us. We're so good at our job, Maria. <laughs> We're awesome. And, you know, the other thing I wanted to say about that, too, is sometimes I'll tell someone no, and it's not a rejection. It is to protect them. Sometimes people come to me and I can tell that their expectations, like if, if I have spoken one time to, you know, 300 people and a young woman walks up to me and she says, I want, we be my spiritual mother or I, right away. I'm like, Oh honey, like let's define what that looks like. Cause you heard my story. And so you feel connected to me, but I haven't heard your story yet. And, um, whenever someone asks like to go that deep, that quickly, I immediately say to her, let's have one phone call and see if we have anything in common. Let's have one phone call and see if we have something to offer to each other. Let's define what you actually need. And I would say to anyone looking for someone to disciple them or someone to mentor them or be a life coach to them is know what you're looking for. Know what you need and articulate that because I've had, you know, discipleship with women for, you know, 10, 15, 20 years. And because we get more casual with each other, because they come to my home, because we have meals together, whatever, sometimes they think I'm maybe the grandmother of their children and they want me to babysit. Sure. And I don't babysit. (laughs) I mean, if you and I lived in the same city as each other and your husband called me at 3 a.m. and said, I got to get Maria to the hospital. Can you come stay with the kids? Duh. But I don't do that on Friday nights because that's what you need for your marriage. You need to hire a babysitter for that. And those lines can get blurred if those, if those things are not like discussed ahead of time. So what do you think or would be a good question if, if, you know, some women in your age group came to you and said, I really need someone to disciple me. Where do I start? What questions would you tell them? Like if there's a woman that they're like, I really admire this woman. What would you say? This is what I would ask. If I were you, I would ask her, you know, send her an email and ask her these questions. What do you think those would be good questions to define? Like what this could be, what they could offer, what you have to offer and so forth. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever taken the approach of asking questions as much as the approach of just reaching out, having a conversation and seeing where it goes. In a lot of ways, I think there's been women that I've talked to and our friendship has gone, you know, a few weeks or a couple months. And then there's just a point where you realize, okay, this isn't what I'm looking for. But I was also coming from a place of, I didn't know what I was looking for. Mm. And so I think if you know where you're going, if you know where you're heading, then you'll have more specific answers to those questions and know who to ask and who to search out. Yeah. And what, what do you need? Do you know what you need right now? Could you articulate that? I think I could. I think right now what our friendship has become has been really vital to me. I think just knowing where I'm going the dreams and the visions that God has given me and finding someone who's willing to just speak life into me when I want to give up, you know, Mm -hmm. because my dreams now are far greater than I can accomplish on my own. And so when God is taking you into like these new perspectives, you're like, God, I can't do it alone. And it has been just that encouragement of like coming beside me and saying like, I can help you here so I can connect you with, or just being willing to like listen in the midst of my 
not knowing what I need, you know, and having you, I think has been specifically like even you saying, you know, I'm going to have to find you someone who can help you more in like the business side of it. Like what a gift that has been in my season to be like, Oh yeah. Like I can find mentorship in that sense, Mm -hmm. because I would say I'm coming from a place of not even knowing I could ask, you know? And so even the ability of being like, Oh, I can ask, but in order to ask, I have to know where I'm going first. Yes. But that's, I mean, we have to start there, right? We have Mm -hmm. to start with a conversation. If you, if you see that this is something in your life that you need, you know, really think about what it is that you need. And then when you approach that person, you know, be clear about it and, you know, sometimes and, and, and honor their time too. just, you know, a lot of times young women, you know, will, will look at someone a little older, but they might be like raising a big family or something and say, I would really love to spend some time with you. I know you're really busy. Um, if you have, you know, if you can talk to me on FaceTime while you're cooking, or if I could help you fold your laundry and we could talk, or, um, if we could meet, I would love to buy you a cup of coffee. I think that that's a really good thing to do is honor them. You know, if you meet them someplace for like lunch or, or a cup of coffee and they're giving you their time for free, then, you know, honor them by, you know, buying the coffee or whatever, because I think that's just, that just shows like, I'm here. I want to have what you have to say. And then articulate to them, like, I admire you for this reason. I really admire the way that you, you, um, treat your family. And I want to learn more about that. Or I'm really struggling in, you know, relationship issues. And I know that's part of your story. I was just wondering if I could ask you some questions like that. And I love it when, when, um, a young woman or a young man wants to meet with me and they are like, here's what I want to know from you. You know, I'm, I'm like, great, because I don't want to just talk and waste their time either. And I don't want to just assume that, you know, this is what they need from me. I love it when they say, I have this question for you. I was wondering if you have any advice on this or what you think about this or how you handled this situation. And, you know, I think another thing we have to be really careful of is in one of the things I always, you know, want to say is I am not Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. I am not a priest. I am not a nun. You do not need me to tell you what to do. You should be listening to Holy Spirit and anything I say should confirm it. And if it's the opposite of it, you should let it go. Absolutely. And if a mentor or anyone older than you is controlling in that area, their heart isn't pure. Cause it's not our job to tell you what to do. It's our job to hover over you, protect you, cover you and give you wisdom where you ask for it. And I never give advice unless I'm asked. And sometimes I'll even say, are you asking my opinion? Or do you just need to, to tell me about what happened? Yeah. Because I don't want to just say, you know, that guy that you have a crush on, I think he's kind of a loser. So are you asking me if he's a loser or are you asking, or are you telling me you're really excited? Because if you're really excited and you end up marrying that guy and I've said, well, he's a loser, that's really going to hurt our relationship down the road. Right? right. So what are you actually asking and what do you need? Yeah. It's a good way to do it. Yeah. Okay. Well, is there anything that you would like to add um, any words that you have for the alumni? They're all your age and they're all going through the same things you are. Yeah, no, I would just like love to affirm what you just said of I've been impacted by your way of doing that. And I hope that that's the way I do things with people that I mentor in the future is not telling them what to do or how to do it, but empowering them to make the choice has been so pivotal in my ability to like trust Holy Spirit inside of me and trust like the journey and the process that God has me on, you know? And so if I were going to say to like alumni, it's just like, if you have a word from the Lord, like go for it, you know, like commit. There's history in my own life with Jesus that has shown me that like, if you just will like say yes and keep putting one foot in front of the other and keep your head up, you know what I mean? Like don't look down, don't be like, like we don't need the orphan mentality or the lack mentality, like look Mm -hmm. up, see the word of the Lord and just move forward one step at a time. And like, God will bring those people into your life that you need. Like God sees your desires, sees your needs, sees what you need to get to where you're going. You know, God doesn't Mm -hmm. leave his word void. 
And so, yeah, I just thank you, Lisa, for like having me on here and thank you for doing this and for everything that you have invested, not just in me, but in all the people that are probably listening and into G42. Like I just honor you guys so, so much. Oh, we feel it, sweetheart. And we feel the same way about you. We love you madly and deeply and um, just feel honored just to be a part of your journey in any way. I feel like we are nicknamed for you. You, you, I don't know if you know this or not, but Andrew and Mo and Gary and I often call you um, the Mother Teresa because, um, you know, Mother Teresa obviously is an Indian woman who moved mountains in India, but she was kind and good. And she also was kind of a badass. And a lot of people don't know that about her. She was a little tiny woman, but she was, she was powerful. And that's how we see you is, um, you are a powerful woman. And I admire that about you. I admire you bravely. How do people get in touch with you if they want to, or, or listen to your podcast or see what you're doing? Yeah. The, my Eastern life podcast is on Instagram and on most podcast streaming platforms. And me personally, I don't really do social media much, but you could totally tag my email in the thing if you'd like. Um, always open to making new friends and having conversations. And I absolutely love Asia. So I consider myself their biggest advocate. So I also would just like love to connect with anyone that's like interested in hearing about that at all. Awesome. Yes, please reach out to Maria if you want to know more. If you're not sure how to get in touch with her, you can um, you can message me at GaryAndLisaBlack.com if you want any more information on how to find a coach or a mentor or just have a question about today or how to get in touch with Maria, you can find me there. And then if you have any questions in general about what's happening with G42 or a podcast or you have something to say and you need to say it, um, please just reach out to us at podcast at G42 generation42.org. Okay, everybody go out there and find someone to pour your life into and ask the Lord who's supposed to be pouring into you and honor that person and honor the people that um, you are pouring into. If you have any questions about how to do that, reach out to us and we will do everything we can to help you. We love you guys. Hope you're doing well. You were born to be loved. 